You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the podcast to help you reach your potential, lead great signs, and serve patients. Today it's episode number 64, how to work effectively as and with a placement student, a success story with Katie and Claire. Welcome to the Effective Statistician with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, the weekly podcast for statisticians in the health sector who want to reach their potential to serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. So, if you haven't done yet already, please connect with me on LinkedIn as I'm posting there lots of lots of uh, other things and you can get that mostly only through LinkedIn. So in today's episode, we are talking with Katie and Claire. Have you ever considered to work with the placement students? Or maybe do you consider to spend some time as a placement student yourself because you're uh, not yet done with your career, um, with your university time? So in this interview with Katie and Claire, we are exploring factors which help you create a win-win situation. Both have worked really well, really well together and I have observed that firsthand. And they will share their stories, what makes it successful, uh, what is the hiring process looking like for a good placement student, what to look for in a placement student. We also dive into topics like what are good projects and good tasks to be delegated to a placement student. So if you are considering to become a placement student or maybe work with a placement student, this is the episode you want to listen to. This podcast is created in association with PSI, a global member organization dedicated to leading and promoting best practice and industry initiatives. You can join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to special interest groups, the video on demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars, and these are becoming more and more frequent and much, much more. The reduced rate is just 20 pounds for non-high income countries and only 95 pounds for high income countries. Just visit psiweb.org and become there a PSI member today. Welcome to another podcast of the Effective Statistician. And today I actually have two interview guests here. <laughs> and it's really nice because I have worked with both of them before, which is awesome. And uh, so let's start. So, uh, Katie, what are you up for? And uh, maybe you can introduce a little bit uh, to the listener where you're coming from and what your background is. Sure. Hi everyone, my name is Katie Thorne. I'm a principal statistician at GSK working in immunology. And the reason I'm here today is I did a placement year with Claire and Alexander at Eli Lilly back in 2012. And we're going to talk a little bit about our experiences there. Yeah, and Claire? Hi, yeah, I'm Claire Britton. I'm currently at UCB I'm in early phase immunology. I've worked with placement students at GSK and Eli Lilly, and I'm really excited to say that we're going to have our first statistics placement students starting in September at UCB. <laughs> okay. So fingers crossed this podcast doesn't put them off. <laughs> Katie will... Yeah, no, it <laughs> No pressure. Okay, so 
Um, Claire, you have worked with many placement students in the past. Why do you love working with placement students so much? Well, do you remember when, it, we have to think back a while here, but when we first started in pharma, and when we were asked, why did we want to do pharmaceutical statistics? Can you remember the answer that you gave? No, I have For medical statistics? <laughs> well, I think a lot of us, and a lot of those listening, will probably have given an answer along the lines of, I want to use my maths to help people. I want to make a difference. And I think 10, 15, however many years you are into your career later, it's really, really easy to lose sight of this. By having placement students in, they're coming in with those fresh eyes. They've not had, they've not been dragged down by those low success rates, those company <laughs> politics, <laughs> regulatory responses, all the things that we... SOPs. Yeah, right? That's a good word. Um, and they remind us, they take us back to the simple days of, they think the compound they're working on is going to work, and it gives us those fresh eyes and that fresh perspective that doesn't matter how many students I work with, I, I, I never gets used to seeing that from them and it's really nice and it, it gives me um, perspective back in my job again. Yeah and I think for that it's important to know that Claire is mostly working on early phase. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course <laughs> it's pretty high. Yeah, yeah definitely my success rate is not great. <laughs> yeah you can easily spend your whole career working in that exactly, area and yeah. never a drug makes to market. Exactly, you know? exactly. As so many people told me that that had happened to them so far as well. Yes, exactly. So yeah, fingers crossed the next student will bring in the blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, in, in terms of your experience work, working mm. with placement students, um, can you think back of um, something, some specific story where these kind of things uh, went alive, so things that you just um, described in terms of the passion and these kind of things? In terms of their passion, I think one thing that always strikes me is tasks that we see as really mundane. So you might have to do a presentation for a results meeting. You've already done all the work, you know the answers, and you've got to put in a presentation in a nice format. And it, that can be quite cumbersome, it can be time consuming, and we get really quite bored by doing that, and it takes us away from the strategy decisions and preparing for the meeting. Students love doing that kind of thing. They can really feel like they're contributing at quite a high level. They know that this is going to go to an ad board, they know that it's going to go to this big meeting. And actually what they can add to that by making the presentations better, by QCing them, they get very excited by doing. And that just making that difference, I think, for students is, is something that you can see their enthusiasm in. So you're really kind of just working together, delegating things to other people, where really making win-win situations. So it's a win for you exactly. as well as a win for the placement student. Exactly. And you kind of have to look for both kind of roles. You need to look for those where they are helping you out and perhaps doing the mundane tasks, but also tasks that will move them forward as well. That's probably not going to in increase their knowledge of pharmaceutical statistics. So you need to balance that out. But I think those tasks are where they can give back to you almost immediately from week one. I think with Katie, for example, yeah. I think you may have QC'd a randomization on your first day, <laughs> I think if I remember correctly. Um, because all it was was we printed out a randomization. It was a crossover study and ultimately it was just checking that the treatments yeah. were running in order and you, you don't need to have 10 15 years experience to check that you can just check that by hand so they can contribute straight away and I think that's one of the things that and it's quite motivating for the student right, as yeah. well that you're then like you say contributing something real to the exactly. study and then it gives you 
a real sort of t like relationship with that study mm -hmm. and you feel more involved and then you get to meet the team and so on from there it works really well so so really having quick wins not something that you start well, working on it and will probably or maybe pay off a year later after you left already something like this yeah. but i think you're right with the quick wins yeah. because i think with any student coming into any company there will be a fair amount of reading of SOPs you can't get around it and company processes that's quite heavy at the beginning so having little tasks that do make a difference early on can help supplement that quite well. Yeah and it's what's really nice if you can get one long-term project as well that might go throughout the year so if there's a study particularly if you're in an early phase you might be able to get from a practical to study reporting within that actual year so if they can see all the different steps of that, that that's brilliant but you need to have these quick win tasks in between while you're waiting for things as well. It's like an attention span. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So coming back to um, Katie, you getting into the job mm -hmm. and becoming uh, becoming a uh, intern at that time at Lilly. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get into that? What was kind of the process, yeah. and what role, what were the reasons you got into yeah. that? Okay. Um, well, I studied my undergraduate at the University of Bath, where it is really common for people to do placements. I think it was at the time it was something like sixty percent of us. So it was quite geared up that many of us would be going on placement and it actually meant that it was very easy to look for roles as they were posted on internal websites with companies who had collaborations with the university already. So that bit was quite easy. Um, and then I think the first round of the application for Lily was sending CV covering letter and written responses to two questions. And that seemed quite standard in different companies and adverts I was looking at. What was these kind of questions? <laughs> well, I did go and look them up, in case you asked. <laughs> um, so they were, for Lily, um, we had to answer what interests you about statistics in the pharmaceutical industry? And the second question was, give an example of a major piece of work you have done and how you approached it. And maybe Claire can comment on what they're looking for there, but I think it was just to show how you can go about a piece of work, take ownership on it in your process, as well as... Um, what interests you about going into this industry compared to finance or actuary or anything along those lines. Um, but the thing I think um, was different about applying for pharma placements is that they're advertised a lot earlier in the year, so we were made aware that we needed to be ready and go into that second year of university, October time, and being prepared to apply for jobs straight away. As I think if you didn't have a job by Christmas, it was sort of looking unlikely that new job adverts would come out. Mm -hmm. So then after that round, we were invited for a face-to-face -face interview. I think there was about six of us, I can't quite remember. Um, we had a site tour, um, a technical interview and a competency interview on the day. And a little quiz as well to just make sure you Googled the company a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair. Um, and subsequently I've known placement students applying to fall down on that front. So it's a good tip. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So knowing what company you're going to is yes, always, always <laughs> helpful. <laughs> what country are their headquarters based in? Those sort of things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of drugs they have on yeah, the market. Exactly. And what's the size approximately? These kind of yes, yeah. I would definitely okay. agree. Okay. That helps. So, so Claire, were you involved in creating these? <laughs> I may have been. Uh, they're, they're fairly similar across companies. Really, as Katie said, we're not. 
we're not looking for really detailed statistical answers. The actual stats project they did, ultimately it's going to be something they did at university, it would have been pre-prescribed, we don't really care what it is. What we care about is can they accurately describe it, um, and what, what you're seeing a good candidate is someone who can explain what, they, what their findings were, as opposed to somebody, and we do have candidates that will include their code from um, the, the project, which doesn't really explain, it's brilliant that they can code, I'm very happy, but it doesn't explain to me what they've actually done and what they were trying to achieve. So that's really what we're looking for there. So putting things into the bigger picture, exactly. understanding why you were doing it, what was the outcome, what was the results, easy exactly. kind of impact on that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And if there are any learnings as well, almost then reflecting back on what you have done. I think that was something I yes. remember seeing on the little tick marks once I was in Lily you could look up what people put on your application <laughs> and that's something I've always tried to do when you have a student is to actually get them involved in the student recruitment yes. day and then they can see the process essentially from the other side that they've been through and they can see what we're looking for in CVs and I think that really helps them when they go as graduates to understand what companies are looking for because um, they kind of yeah. they, they know they know the checklist that we're after when we're looking at CVs. I, I completely agree with that as I kind of had the full circle of doing it whilst a student but then equally when I came back as a graduate then um, taking a, a greater role in the mm -hmm. application process well in the interview day especially yeah. and actually helping interview the students so it gone all the way through was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay so we have already discussed quite a bit about the, the hiring process mm -hmm. of, of a student and how that looks like from a student perspective as well as from a recruiter perspective. Um, Claire, anything you would like to add regarding that? Um, I think as a if you're recruiting, I think the major difference is it's it's done quite different from a permanent role. Um, so as opposed to if you wanted to recruit a new statistician with five years experience, you'd put it on your company website, you might go out to recruiters, you'd do it in that, that way. With students, as Katie alluded to, um, you have to go out to the universities. Students will not come onto the UCB website and look for job roles. So there is no point putting your placement there. They're not going to go around all the companies looking for that role. So the, a way that's quite good now is if you do have a placement available, your company. Um, PSI host uh, a, a careers webpage that allows you to put your placement on there and students can contact you directly and they'll get on your mailing list for when you are going to mail out the universities, which is really good. So if your company should get your advert on there and if you're a student and you don't believe that your placement officer is receiving these emails, then make sure you get put on, get your um, tutor put on those lists and that, that'll make a, a big difference, I think, to how many offers. And that's maintained by Culp. Yes, so yes. Calc is the, what's the abbreviation state? <laughs> oh, I always <laughs> It's not one. the most obvious one, it's the Careers and, and Academic Liaison Committee, which is part of PSI. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, we do maintain those pages. Yeah, so, so if you want to check this out, just go to psiweb.org and you'll find these, these pages there. Yeah. And there's also contacts. Um, for uh, if you need to put some adverts on that and if you want to build that relationship if you're at a university and you would you know take part in that uh, you'll find also contact there and of course I will put them in the show notes so that you can see them on theeffectivestatistician.com okay very good so in terms of um, the hiring process um, when these students come in yeah. How does that feel for you? Um, I'm always strangely nervous when I interview the students. I think when you talk to a statistician of experience, you can find a lot of common ground and you can talk about their experience. Whereas with students, you don't actually 
they don't have any experience. So what I'm always very conscious to do is all of the students they have in interviews to try and get the best out of them. And that will really depend, based on their university course, how much they've covered. You're trying to find out what they do know, not what they don't know. And all the things they don't know, I think it's really important to try, within your interview, to pick up can they learn it quickly. Yeah. So one of the things I do with the students now is I do a Spotfire test on them. So Spotfire, for those that haven't used it, is a visualisation package and it's point and click. I would not expect any student to have used this before. So I give them a very quick demo and then I ask them to go in and change some things that are pre-specified for, for my, um, it's just safety data over time, it's just vital signs plots. And then I will ask them to talk to me about the data. So what I'm looking for is can they pick up how to use it and can they actually explain what this data looks like over time. I'm trying to, I don't really want to assess their very technical knowledge. I want to see whether they can pick this up and can they explain to a clinician what's oh, yes. actually going on. So less statistics, more communication I guess is what we're looking for. Also, yeah, when you brought that in as an idea, I think it worked really well to help get across who was slightly more what the word is interested engaged yes. with looking at data what's it telling you how does it relate to the bigger picture like yeah. you were saying before and it was quite a good um test in a exactly there's no better word the for it students <laughs> will talk about the patient yeah. they'll see a vital sign systolic blood pressure of 200 and they'll say would the patient be okay with that mm. whereas the, the answer good students would say well id 101 has a value of 199.9 um and they just call it out as an outlier and they wouldn't, they wouldn't <laughs> think actually, they will say that, they'll say, well, and what would you do with the outlier? And I'll say, well, I would check that this patient's okay. Um, they would, like you say, they'd do a sensitivity without it, and you're trying to get across to them that these are real people that you're seeing here, so, uh, and you can spot very quickly which ones have that interest. Okay, okay. So once you're um, in the company, how does, that, how does that feel when you started as an intern? Um, it is quite a while ago now <laughs> but I do remember a sense it was a weird balance of complete nervousness and I don't know what to do what do they expect of me I'm going to not know what I'm doing they're going to give me all these statistical analyses I've never heard of paired with they're not expecting anything of me I'm only a student <laughs> so it was quite a funny sort of limbo in a way which I suppose maybe it's the same when you start any job um, but I, I think it, the way the team worked at Lilly as I was working across two different therapeutic areas, so oncology and neuroscience, which actually for me was brilliant because you get to look at different types of trial, learn about different types of analyses and have greater interactions with more colleagues in the department as well. Um, so that worked really well and also meant that there was quite a steady flow of tasks that I could get involved in quite quickly. Okay, okay. So. Um in terms of the tasks that you give to interns, so we talked a little bit about that in terms of quick wins mm -hmm. and these mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, are there any other things you recommend students should work on? Um, for me and Katie, I chip in on this, but I think the real key to the su your successful placement was the variety that you had. Like you said, working across the therapy areas, having some long-term overarching projects, some short projects. We also um, we loaned Katie out to a number of departments, one of which being yours, Alexander. Yes. <laughs> um, I was always looking for really good people. <laughs> uh, and also 
to preclinical, uh, Katie did a, a fantastic piece of work within the preclinical environment that had no stats support at the time for the project that she was working on, so she was the sole stats support for that. And we also, you did a couple of weeks PK, in PK. Yeah. Um, really like PK. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that can be really beneficial for a student to see that holistic picture, but also... Yeah, yeah just I, the variety. Yeah, I think the variety of tasks, and not to digress completely, but it was something Claire and I picked up on is actually having the overlap with different departments means that you're, for a placement student, you yes, you're trying out this one career, but you then get to interact and learn about roles across the whole industry that are linked to the yeah. stats and mathematical background that you've perhaps got. But it doesn't mean that you have to do that specific placement job when you graduate and you can learn about so many others along the way. Yeah. Um, which I've known other placement students to do and is re a real positive for the student, I would say. Yeah, we have we have one student that um, didn't go mm. into medical stats, but she went into health economics. And I mm. don't think, we were saying, we don't think she would have done that unless she'd done the placement and yeah. understood exactly what that was. She probably yeah. would have ended up mm. in finance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. okay, we haven't managed to recruit a medical statistician there, but we've got someone on a sister path that, yeah, yeah is still very beneficial to the industry. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a really nice example that you work on preclinical, on early phase, mm -hmm. and even in my area, yeah. in the yeah. very late phase, yeah. <laughs> where we also have health economics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think that gives you very nice insight into what you would like to do after you have graduated. Definitely. Yeah. It, yes, my placement definitely influenced the types of modules I was choosing in my final year and things like that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Claire did a really good job because <laughs> you moved yeah, straight back to the same <laughs> As we established, yeah. I learned it out quite a lot. So a lot of people had influence. Well, which is actually also quite a nice thing. You can actually potentially test future uh, recruits yeah. as well as future companies. From, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so that's very, very nice. And you get a little bit of a sense how the actual working environment is it, for on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes. How was that for you, kind of, compared well, to, let's say, other yeah. students' jobs yeah. you had? Don't know what you did in the <laughs> to earn some money. Oh, <laughs> work. I mean, I used to give the campus tours at university, so I'm <laughs> oh, just talking to all the mums and dads. Um, I, I think one thing that can be said for doing a placement year is that the proportion of us that went on to get a first class honours degree compared to those that didn't do a placement was quite interesting because you, like you say, you've got used to the way of working, you're in a routine of the nine to five and you can go back to your final year of university in a more disciplined way that you get yep. up, you go to work, but also you can stop and rest and recover like you would at the end of the day at work, you can stop and go home and then approach it again with fresh eyes and that definitely helped me in my final year, I think, um, and was quite different to any other job I'd had before. Oh, I can completely <laughs> relate to this. I think if I look back at my university time and I would have had the kind of productivity habits, mm -hmm. I only learned when I was starting it in a job, mm -hmm. that would have made a huge difference. But, yeah. Yes, and particularly in my MSc, some of our group projects were but because there were a lot of distance learners, we were doing group projects in, in, in a virtual setting with calls that you had to arrange yourself. And for most people, they'd never worked like that. But working for an international company as part of my placement meant that was just normal for me yep. and really, really helped and took that part of the stress out of it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how the technology works. Yeah. You know that it's not you know something strange. You know where you can find the resources. Mm -hmm. You need to have kind of regular check-ins and these kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and saying actually, if you're arranging a meeting with people, maybe put a little agenda in or and send out actions so that people know because not everyone does listen to. 100% of what you say in a meeting. Um, things okay. like that were really helpful. So, um, in terms of achievements, tell us a little bit about your success stories of, of working <laughs> together. <laughs> okay. Um, well, there is one project that I worked on, um, which Claire's alluded to already, which was in working with the, with the group in preclinical. Pre um, where there was a series of data from different animal experiments comparing different drugs that they wanted to pull together essentially and nobody had got around to doing it and it was a real well it was a really nice project for me that I could take ownership of it I had support from Claire and others about how to approach it but I was the one who was in contact with the group asked them which questions they wanted to answer to running the data preparation and the analysis and then actually got to present it back to the group as well, which felt like a huge achievement by the end of the year because you go in feeling very nervous, I can't contribute anything here, and then to realise, oh, I'm going in that meeting alone and all these scientists are here and they were asking really interesting questions, some of which I knew the answers to. <laughs> Not all, but I remember that Claire and another statistician did come and support and listen in and but I was the one leading it, mm. and it was this moment of, wow, I could maybe do this. Um, and that felt like a big achievement. Um, awesome. Yeah. Really, yes, that's, that's really nice too. Where you also learn not just the statistical skills, but mm -hmm. also more kind of these people skills of, of yes. leading a meeting, of you know, standing in front of a group of lots of very senior people with tens of years of experience <laughs> yeah. and, and being comfortable to, to uh, answer questions as these kind of experience which, which you don't usually have in university settings yeah. so much. And I think as a supervisor you can look for these opportunities. This was obviously something quite late in the year when Katie had had a lot of experience but leading up to that there were little things at team meetings that Katie would present just a sort of five minute present, the stats teams meetings I mean, a five minute presentation if we had a stats face to face Katie would run the icebreakers that kind of thing, get used to that kind of presentation environment so that when you then have to do a highly technical scientific presentation, you've actually got all of this log that you've built on. If you look for those opportunities in advance, it's not quite so bad. She did yeah. an amazing job, so obviously you worked. <laughs> but I think the, the crucial bit is really kind of this mix of technical work yeah. and non-technical exactly. work yeah. and, and really um, stretching people in that regard. So, so getting you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that, particularly for the types of roles that we work in, where your degrees are predominantly technical. You could go your whole way through a maths degree without ever really presenting to anybody mm -hmm. and without a lot of written work. So those skills are brilliant, um, a yeah. great part of your placement for you to work on and develop. And if your manager can look out for those opportunities for you, I, I think it is a win-win. Mm -hmm. It's a really good training ground. Okay, okay. So in terms of, you obviously worked very, very well together. 
obviously, because okay. um, otherwise you probably wouldn't have, you know, worked permanently later. Yes, that's so. true. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about, and the listener also about, um, what do you think made that so successful? I think as a supervisor, it's um, being realistic about your expectations of the time constraints early on. Um, if you've got a student starting in September, you need to allow for in September you will not be able to work maximum capacity on your project or study work. But to keep reminding yourself as you're teaching them to remember semicolons and SAS on a day-to-day -day <laughs> basis, that um, the more you do up front, the more they'll contribute, and the earlier they'll contribute in the year. You should be, they will be quite a burden for three months, but if you really put in that effort, the next nine months will sail by, and you'll get to the end of the year, and you'll be wondering what you're going to do without this incredible resource when they've gone. So it's, for me, it was about the upfront investment in the relationship. So did you plan exactly kind of what you wanted Katie to do in these first three months? No, <laughs> probably. I, probably should. I think there's a, there is some standard training, obviously. There's all the SAPs, all of that kind of stuff. But it's all the training that you don't think about. So in the first few weeks, they'll ask you to read their emails before they send them. Um, any presentations that are done, you need to check them in quite a lot of detail. SAS, bear in mind, most students will come in with zero SAS knowledge. So it's about getting them partnered up with a SAS programmer so that that can move along as quickly as possible. So you can plan out things like that, but all students are different. They've got very different backgrounds, very different courses, and it depends on what works available to what you need to train them in as well. Yeah, that's but basically block time away that you really have yeah. time for. And, and basically, how, how much often do you check in with each other at this time? Is it kind of, were you sitting next to each yeah, other all the time? In those first few months it's probably daily, even if it's only for 20-30 minutes. It's probably Even if it's not formally planned, it would yeah. happen to be probably 20 or 30 minutes a day, just on average yeah. anyway, even if it was just over coffee, asking about something you've read, or an, an analysis, or, or something. Um, yeah, I think there would be a lot of overlap, just because you have so many questions. But even the acronyms at the beginning, <laughs> uh, you know, it is like learning a yeah. different language. Um, initially, yeah. there's a steep learning curve, and like you mentioned with SAS, um, learning a new programming language. I went on a three-day SAS course, so I was just sent away, and then being able to come back and have some—I uh, don't even know if they were real outputs to produce—but <laughs> uh, something that you yeah, could then use that. those skills straight away that, that people had in line, ready for me to get going on and get practicing was really helpful. Yeah. But it sounds it does sound bad when you're thinking about supervisor that it's going to take that much time a day. But you've got to remember by the time you get to July, they are working almost like a full time person. It's like having that resource but at a different rate. It's it's amazing. So yeah. yeah it is worth yeah, it. Yeah and of course you have built this kind of one to one relationship where there's a lot of trust yeah. and you know what the other person is capable of it. Yeah. And then of course that's also a lot of fun, I guess, to work together. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Any surprise learnings that you weren't anticipating? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, can, I can go first. I'm sure we both got some surprises. <laughs> But one thing that I, when I was thinking about this podcast that I wanted to comment on is as a second year math student you know, coming into a pharmaceutical industry, I thought that medics organized and ran clinical trials because you were making medicines. And 
to come in and realise that statisticians are not only playing a really key role, but that they're being almost treated equally, or certainly in my experiences at Lilly, we were working in great collaboration on the study teams that I was in with the medic. I found it really inspiring, but equally very surprising, but in a positive way, that we were given so much um, time to talk in meetings and such respect um, that it really made the studies run really efficiently and encouraged collaboration between the different groups. And I thought that was quite a, it was a good surprise for me. Okay. Yeah. And for you, Claire? Um, in terms of the students, it never ceases to amaze me, their enthusiasm and their brightness. But what I didn't expect was the, um, the progression I would have um, by supervising these students. Um, it's, it's a really good role to take on if you don't have any management experience because it's almost like a tester for it. Students are incredibly forgiving of management <laughs> techniques. <laughs> I think because they're used to working in a supermarket and just being told what to do by some 17-year-old guy, that they are very, very forgiving. And you can learn a lot about managing someone by having this really, really close relationship. So then if you do go on to be a manager or a director, it, you realise there's actually just no adjustment at all. It's just it's translating that experience that you've had into a sort of more permanent looking about the long-term goals and things. But you have to do that with a student. You have to look at their goals every three months uh, and try and develop them in that time. So it's almost like being a manager but on turbo. And you can just learn. I learned so much from doing it. So I really appreciated the experience in a way that I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, yeah. That's very, very nice. Yeah. So in terms of summing up see interview now. What are kind of the key takeaways that you would, you know, give to potential supervisors of interns, but, but also to, to uh, maybe interns in the future? Uh, what should be their takeaway from, from this interview? So as a supervisor, I would just encourage anyone that's thinking about it to just go out and get a student. Um, they are an incredible future investment that as pharma we really, really need to make, particularly in the UK with um, student fees being so expensive. It's very difficult. For our job, we have to have a master's in statistics. How on earth are we going to convince students to stay after three years at university with £50,000 of debt to stay on? and do another year at university <laughs> if they've not had this kind of experience. When we're fighting against bankers and accountancy and actuary who are offering them jobs after that three years with sign-on bonuses. So we need to get them before they're at that decision-making point and show them what else is out there. And this is our real opportunity to make that investment and really make a difference and get more people in the industry. So you would have to run a placement so badly for it not to be beneficial to them <laughs> and convince them this over finance. I think it's an easy sell once they're here, but we have to get them here, so just go for it. And don't be afraid if you've not run one before. Yeah, and I, I, th I completely agree with all of that. Um, but if someone was considering whether to do a placement or not, I, I can't recommend strongly enough doing one and taking the time out of your degree to go away, learn about an industry that you think might interest you in the future, get some of the corporate experience that we talked about um, and the training in the soft skills that perhaps is lacking from your degree. It will all come together to put you in such a strong position for when you do come to graduate. And for me, it actually meant that by the time I'd finished the MSc that I'd never even considered doing or being capable of, I then had a great network of friends and colleagues in an industry I wanted to work in, and some of those were able to offer me jobs as well. It was a brilliant position to be in. So also the networking was quite nice. 
Yeah, yes. because I think all the students also have lots of kind of networks that go to the placement. It's not, it's not just that you go to one company and you're alone, but you have this network of other students that also uh, are there, isn't it? I think that's through PSI Calc. So if you do have a student, one of the good things is to try and get them involved in PSI Calc. So even if they're not on the committee, they can go out and help with some of the school fairs or the MSc Careers Fair, where all of the companies in pharma and CROs will go to. So you get that opportunity to sort of meet them in advance. So to build that network through PSI is a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. doing more and more of that yeah. with future events through PSI Calc as well. Yeah. And if I'm not completely mistaken, you get a PSI membership for free as a student you is do. No. <laughs> That's true. It is true for non-placement students as well, but And then becoming active in, in Calicus I think is a really, really good yes. opportunity yeah. For, yeah. for networking, yeah. for, exactly. for learning and, and awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. That was an awesome interview. <laughs> I think we covered a lot about kind of uh, what it takes to become an uh, intern, what are the process, what are the kind of uh, right way to, to manage an intern, what are the right projects to give to an intern, and uh, success stories in terms of uh, internship. And it's, so it's really, really a nice uh, opportunity. And so with that, thanks so much, Katie. Thanks so much, Claire. Thank, thank you for inviting us. Bye. Bye. The show was created in association with PSI. Thanks for listening. Please visit theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. Reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.